great. Welcome and uh, and thank you everybody for uh, joining us for our first ever uh, Digging Deep podcast. This is all things economic development here in the village of Downers Grove, uh, powered by the Downers Grove Economic Development Corporation. We are the village's public-private economic development agency, and we're here to be as a resource to all businesses uh, here in Downers Grove and really the, the greater DuPage County area. My name is Brian Gay. I'm president and CEO of the Downers Grove EDC. And uh, joining me today, we have uh, Tom Harris from Bank Financial. We have Beata Gasicki from Community Bank of Downers Grove. And we have Lori Ritzert uh, from Community Bank of Downers Grove. And what we wanted to do today was at our last Spark event, um, we talked about access to capital for small for small and medium-sized businesses here in Downers Grove, and we had a great discussion, and we wanted to continue that discussion here for our first podcast. So today, we're just going to be, uh, again, kind of talking about all things finance for, for small businesses, and uh, our banking partners here have agreed to kind of talk about some of the programs, opportunities within the community uh, for businesses to stay and grow here in Downers Grove. So I think to start things off, why don't I ask everybody to just take one or two minutes to talk about um, you, your bank, and the position you have, and maybe some of the opportunities. Uh, and with that, I think I'll hand it off uh, to, to Tom here. Fair enough. Brian, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here and uh, with the uh, Downers Grove Economic Development Corporation. I think this is a, actually comes at a really good time from the standpoint that um, from business owners, sometimes there can be some uncertainty uh, of what is necessary for a financing side of things and you know what's expected of them and where can they turn and and I think uh, community bankers Donors Grove and, and bank financial I think there's there's complementary pieces to that and what our specialty is mm -hmm. and I think that's important for the community to know uh, my side of it here with bank financial um, is more on the working capital side of things uh, which works nicely with some term products that that uh, uh, that we'll talk about as well and probably get into some other aspects of what the bank does. But for me, it's more on the working capital side is, is my focus uh, with what, we're, what we do here uh, for com uh, com companies here in the Downers Grove uh, area. And so that's um, what you know, I'm hoping to accomplish and, and talk about a little bit more today. Great. Thanks, Tom. Uh, Beata, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, Beata Jusecki, I'm an SBA lender at Wintrust Community Bank and Downers Grove Bank and Village Bank and Trust. Um, so what we do in our group is we provide financing to small businesses through SBA loans and Illinois Advantage loans. And these are programs that we participate with government in that provides financing for working capital, purchase of equipment, real estate, um, purchase of businesses and refinances of debt that is on unfavorable terms that we can assist them to alleviate some of the payments uh, by providing a better options for them. Mm -hmm. So we'll touch base on different programs. How do you apply for these programs and how they work with the bank um, in order to help the small businesses? So I'm looking forward to explaining all that. Great. Thank you. Lori? Uh, Lori Ritzer, Community Bank of Downers Grove, and I do the community business banking and working with businesses in Downers Grove and surrounding areas. We provide an easy access um, pr products with the bank, and then also we work hand in hand uh, with the SBA group and also for Illinois Advantage, 
and the SBA 504. Um, we're also working with them. Um, there's two um, entities that we work with, Summer Corps and um, Growth Corp. So um, I appreciate the opportunity um, of being here and providing these um, two businesses. Great. Um, so I think the first question is, and I think we've heard from a lot of businesses, we've been going out over the last 12 months, going and talking with small businesses in our community and asking them the questions, what are the things that are keeping them up at night? And other than workforce, uh, which will be a future discussion that we'll have, but um, the you know close second there is access to capital and the ability to borrow. Now, we've all seen kind of the headlines and everything like that, that it's just a little bit more difficult today than it has has been traditionally over the last 10 years. So perhaps maybe you guys can all talk to the fact of just the availability of capital and maybe kind of uh, dispersing some of those myths that it is um, really tight or confirming what some of those issues are and maybe some opportunities to work around that. No, I think it, it, I think preparation is the key for any business owner than when they're looking for financing is to make sure that you're prepared. Uh, and a lot of that preparation starts internally with mm -hmm. respects to making sure that your your financials are as timely as possible. You know, here we are at the end of, uh, of the year to have as most recent of year to date financials that are available. Make sure your AP and AR are, are, are well put together and, and hopefully your 2022 tax returns are done as well. And, and so to, to be as prepared as possible, I think, and to be honest and transparent as possible is going to help make the process a lot easier for you. Okay. Um, you know, you don't, you know, there's, it's, there's no reason to hide anything because chances are, if you're trying to hide it, we're going to find it. Uh, and so just to be as honest and upfront as possible and, you know, you know, not every situation is perfect. There are going to be issues within any business. So let's talk about those issues because that's the things that we're going to want to understand mm -hmm. to be able to help you going forward. But I think preparation and being as prepared as possible will make the process a little bit more easy for them. Got it. And, you know, I'll add to that, a lot of these small businesses don't know where to go. Sometimes they do books internally. Sometimes they'll have the outside accountants. It's They have to have their tax returns prepared timely. Mm. Yes, there are extensions. They can file those, but they then need to have financial statements internally to follow up with them. Like uh, we've indicated here, it's as closely to the date as possible, right? Year end is coming and people are busy with everything else, but the financials for the business are very important for us to see where you stand. And if you need help with those, if you don't have accountants, you need to ask for help. There's accountants, there's companies that provide that financial help to all the businesses mm -hmm. um, that can help you prepare financial statements or can tell you what are the good accountants. And if you come to the bank and every business has a banking account, ask your banker, do you know of anybody? Can you help me? Uh, we're always here to help and provide you guidance and tell you where you can go to get those done. Because for us to do the loan, you have to have proper financials and proper books in place mm. um, because that's what we rely on. We look at the business operations and we re rely on the cash flow of the business. So those books are important from business side as well as personal side. You have to have your personal financial statements. You have to have your personal tax returns be completed in order to get that loan um, and, and get that financing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what I hear from from bankers is that you want to be partners, right? You want to work through those things. And so uh, a lot of times it's just being able to have those 
realistic conversations too. Um, regarding the types of lending that's out there, um, I know you're going to talk a little bit, uh, Beata, about the 7A program, mm-hmm. the 504. Tom, you have a couple different. Are there are there particular types of lending right now that um, maybe are easier to get to, or, or I guess uh, ones that are more readily available for for folks right now? So from the SBA perspective, there's kind of three programs that we follow. Um, And these programs are kind of for riskier businesses, as I call it, right? Small businesses, Mm. businesses that might not have that much capital, that might not have that much availability on their cash flow. Maybe they're looking to buy something. Maybe they're looking, maybe they've got like this quick loan because they needed to capital and now, you know, their business is operations, but the rate on that loan is very high. So the the programs we work with is um, SBA 7A programs and express loans. These are kind of two similar programs but the difference between those two programs are the loan amounts, right? So the 7A loans basically kind of go up to $5 million and express loans go up to half a million dollars. And they provide financing for, as I indicated before, acquisition of real estate, refinancing of that high debt, um, basically buying uh, other businesses or maybe buying out a partner. You know, maybe you're operating the business with your mom and dad and your mom and dad is ready to kind of retire you and you kind of need to know what do I do to buy them out. So um, these programs provide you that availability. They provide um, t- long-term uh, financing. Uh, provide um, basically longer amortization on these loans and interest rates. Um, basically more compatible um, as well, right? Um, the 504 program that we also utilize that Lori touched upon is basically more towards purchase of real estate, purchase of equipment. These products don't finance goodwill. Um, so if you have a real estate and maybe a purchase of a business or a real estate refinance and the purchase of some other term that will kind of either blend them together under the 7A program or will kind of split them into two different programs to kind of talk about the 504 and maybe talk about a 7A. Yeah. Um, so those are the two kind of programs that we run with the government. The The program that only state of Illinois, and this is only for businesses in Illinois, um, it's called an Illinois Advantage program, right? These are programs that provide capital for real estates, for um, working capital, but these are term loans. They're not very good for improvements or um, goodwill component because they don't finance goodwill and improvements are kind of multiple project step, right? Uh And they only step in and participate with the bank when the loan is fully funded. And they provide fixed rate on loans and they basically provide job creation. So if your business is growing and you're creating jobs, that might be one of the programs that you will be able to use. But always talk to your bankers about what are you looking for and we can present you all the options that are available and kind of let you pick what's what's good for your business um, and how it will help your business. So then, Tom, mm-hmm. back to you there. You had mentioned you you have more. You work more on the program uh, that provides working capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you talk a little bit more about that? And, and uh, real quick to dovetail on Beata is is you don't always need to know as a business owner what you need to do to qualify. I think she mentioned it. Just come and tell us 
what you're looking to do mm-hmm. because there's so many complexities and different aspects, especially with the SBA, and there's a lot of unknown with the SBA. And a lot of times, if you just talk to talk to them, they can kind of guide you through. So don't let you know, the the unknown prevent you from asking or looking or seeking. Just kind of come in and have that conversation, and then we'll kind of guide you where those best processes are. So, you know, I think the SBA is a valuable tool. I'm not an SBA lender. It's not my expertise. Um, but I, I, there's so much there that I still learn every day on, on what's available. So more than anything, if, if there's something to that, just go in and talk, just have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the same applies for us as well from a working capital perspective on the, you know, being part of the commercial finance team here at Bank Financial. Our focus really more than anything is accounts receivable. That's the first place I look with every situation that I'm a part of. That, for me, is the key. If you have business-to-business accounts receivable, then that creates opportunity for me to be able to help you. Uh, you Term loans, real estate, that's not my forte. I'm a working capital provider, have been my entire career. And so the first place I look are your receivables. And if you have business-to-business receivables, Regardless of industry, regardless of business size, frankly, regardless of whether or not you're making money or not, we can help you. And the reason being is I'm a collateral lender. I'm not a cash flow lender. So there's a little bit of a difference there. I'm looking at your collateral first and foremost. If you have accounts receivable, um, then there's a very good opportunity I'll be able to help you. Even if you're on a significant growth trajectory or perhaps you had a rough year and maybe your cash flow is not strong or maybe your personal credit's not the greatest or whatever the case might be, I'm more focused on your collateral than I am what your financials look like. The financials help me determine what type of program I'm going to put you in on, on what we call a universal line of credit platform, uh, but it doesn't prevent me from helping you. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very complimentary piece. It, it, you know, um, they may need the cash flow where I just need the collateral. And we can work in tandem. You know, if you're getting an SBA loan, which may be a term piece of some type that's secured by equipment and real estate and, and, and things of that and other business or personal assets, it, you know, I can work in tandem with them from the standpoint of just if as long as I have a first position in the receivables, I can provide the working capital. They could provide the term piece. So we, even though we are both banks, we can we can work hand in hand with things. So it's just a, a little bit of a different lens that I might look through uh, when I'm assessing opportunities. Lori, did you have something? I was just going to say that typically um, they're right on. You need to have a conversation with your banker. Uh, There's a lot of products that are out there. And a lot of times having your financial information more current and up to date kind of gives you an idea of where you need to start. A lot of times businesses will come in and not even realize what they need. Mm -hmm. And they're coming... um, is it a working capital? Is it equipment? And just trying to figure that out with them um, and different avenues of what they can do to get that access to capital. Um, so a lot of times they need uh, financial um, assistance in order to accomplish what they're trying to do. But it's a manner of looking at the picture and finding out what the right products are and what avenues that they could do and giving them options. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing um, when you're talking with your banker is figuring out what's there and what options you have and being completely honest of everything that's going on. And, and be open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because there are so many different creative ways to put a program together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it may be with the bank or outside the bank or in conjunction with the bank, but there's different lending vehicles that are available there. So just kind of be open to new ideas as a business owner. Um, it might look different, feel different, uh, but if it ultimately gets the goal accomplished that you're looking to accomplish, then great. And and, and I think that's you know, sometimes you know, you know, there's certain... Uh, perspective or expectations and if you're just open to something a little bit different there's there's going to be opportunity out there to help you it's just a matter of finding that right solution and a lot of times your bank can help you with that and and guide you through it as long as you're kind of open to it Mm -hmm. Um, back to the discussion uh, regarding required documents and everything. Obviously, the financials are a big piece of that. Um, for years, there was a huge pushback from the startup community about whether they have to do a, uh, a business plan or not. Is that still something that's, you know, that's necessary, a necessary part of that commercial banking package requirements? And um, I, I, I think I know the question, but I'm going to ask because sure. it is one of those big myths that are still out there. Yeah, it's a good question. So for if you are starting up a business, you have to have a business plan because you have to know what are you going to do and how you're going to do it. And you have to present it to the bank and just kind of say, OK, I'm looking to open up, for example, an ice cream shop. OK, great. Well, how you're going to do it? What do you know? How how did you get into this business? You know, what experience do you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you going to open up that business? And that gives these individuals, these business, upcoming business owners kind of, OK, now I got to do my research, right? Well, maybe I want to have it in Downers Grove or maybe I want to have it downtown Chicago. Like, well, why do you want to put it there? Is there schools nearby? Is there businesses nearby? So that gives them a little bit of research, right? I got to do the research and kind of put it all together on the paper because what we don't know, we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And we can't just sit there and and make it up, right? SBA financing allows um, loans for startup companies, right? And we rely on their business plan and on their projections, which are very important, right? They need to know how are they going to generate those revenues? What expenses are going to be associated with with those uh, with operating that ice cream shop, for example? Uh, what's the rent going to be? What it's going to cost? cost them to hire employees to get insurance expenses. So business plans and projections for startup businesses especially are very important. I'm also going to say if you're doing an ownership change, so if you're stepping into, okay, I'm going to buy this restaurant down the corner and Lori's been operating this restaurant for 20 years, well, Beata now is going to step in and start to operate it. Well, what does she know? Well, the bank will request, show us how you're going to run the business. Show us the projections on how you're going to run this business. What do you what what this ownership change will show as a benefit to this business? Right. Well, maybe Lori's ready to retire and Beata is a younger one and is stepping in, whatever the case is. Not calling you old, Lori. <laughs> but just kind of like those examples that we're kind of going with, right? And just saying, okay, we want to see those projections. And if owners don't know where to, how to prepare them, because they're like, well, what do you mean projections? My accountant does my books. I, I don't know what to do. There's companies that will help you that we as a bank can tell you, okay, go see a certain company that will help you do the projections that will help you write this business plan. 
Just come with your ideas, your pen and paper, whatever you have in your head, and they will help you put this together. But it is very important to them because then they'll kind of get them, okay, this is what I need. This is how I need to run my business. These are the expenses I need to focus on. And this is maybe how much I need financing for because I need to do improvements. I need to buy equipment. I need to have working capital because how am I going to pay my employees when I open the door if I don't have enough capital. So that's very important for these small businesses that are just kind of starting up and going into this. So Yeah, and for existing business, um, I have a questionnaire um, that I will give to them and I'll kind of take out questions or add them um, just to give them an idea and make them think. I mean, it goes to the why. Why am I doing this? What do I need? And one of the things that I also do is I have um, from the FDIC um, financial literacy, planning a healthy business. So I provide that to them um, whenever I'm talking to them um, that they can go and pull out as a resource of what they may or may not need. Um, So even if you're not starting a business, it's still, if you're expanding or doing anything like that, it's just good to figure out those why questions and then does it make sense with what I'm doing? Um, Cause what is my expense gonna be? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when you're trying to increase revenue, unfortunately, sometimes you might increase the expense um, as well and it might not make sense. Yeah, the why the why is important, um, and and there's always misnomers out there that you know banks aren't looking to do deals. You, you know the old adage that will give you an umbrella when it's sunny, but will take it away from you when it's raining, uh, is not the case. I mean, I mean, you know, think about it really from a intrinsic sense. Is you know we're compensated by helping you, right? If we get the deal done, it's in a it's in a financial interest for us to do it just as it's in a financial interest for you to grow the business or open that new business. And so when we're asking these questions and wanting to understand the why behind things, a lot of that goes back to the relationship and the emotions behind it. The paper part of it is important, but for the people that are going to get behind this for you, you want them emotionally tied in as well to understand and to kind of buy in and be your advocate because you might be talking to your banker, but that banker has to then speak to perhaps a committee or some other people within the bank. And so you want them to be able to tell your story. And that story is important. Part of what we do is storybook lending is understanding why do you want to open this business? Why do you want to expand? Why are we doing it this way? So all of those questions that we're asking, we're not asking them to be redundant or overbearing or or you know, digging too deep or finding ways not to do the deal. We're just trying to understand so that we can tell your story the better. And the better we can tell your story that then is complemented by you know the great documents and things that are there and available it makes it that much easier. And so just be patient as we're asking the questions because um, it does take time. As much as you want to get the financing or get the business open, we want to help you get there, mm-hmm. but we've got to do it in a smart way. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, just understanding why we're asking all these questions, I think is important. And, and I think Lori and Beata do it as well is that, you know, we're going to explain to you why we're asking for this stuff. So that you're not just turning it over and wondering why or mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I think a lot of people, if people understand why 
if they're asking for it, then that helps being able to provide it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just not the the bureaucracy of checking a box, yeah. right? There's actually a rhyme and reason, reason for it. Behind well, we work at banks, so there's plenty of checking boxes <laughs> and plenty of compliance. But yes, there's a, there's a reason yes. behind it. Sure. Um, by the way, I didn't say that you guys that all three of the bankers around right. the table said this. So, yeah, um, and I think too the the one thing uh, from an economic development standpoint too, there are so many resources nowadays for. Uh, assistance with writing a plan. We're not going to write a plan for you, but certainly um, there's three resources around the table here in terms of just getting the information in there that that they do need. Uh, but then there are resources like in Downers Grove Economic Development Corporation. There is the SBDC uh, locally here at College of DuPage, and then throughout the rest of the network in the state of Illinois. So all those resources are there. It's not nearly as difficult as it once was to find help and doing some of these things so and there's score too that we score. Mm -hmm. utilize as well so we'll depending on where you're at we'll give them a list of places that they can go mm -hmm. to uh, get assistance and names and stuff like that so okay so again i think the partnerships are out there wanting to build even a better partnership and have an understand i, I like your story bro storybook mm -hmm. lending that's a that's a nice idea kind of thinking about just again under you know reading understanding and, and where is it going from there so and to your point about having resources available with the economic development corporation with the chamber whatever it might be i think as a business owner is wherever you're located get involved and so because part of that involvement not only is an investment of where you are but also there's so many resources and professionals that are out there that are in these groups that could be great partners in uh, mentors or people that can just help you uh, in in the process and so yes it's a your business first and foremost is what's important but also be aware of the community that you're a part of and get involved mm -hmm. with that uh, the more you're involved the more positive feedback the more people are going to want to help you um, one question regarding this um, that I've heard um, is anytime that you bring in the SBA or any type of government function that there's a huge extended period that, that gets added on to all this. How is how does that work? Uh, is that it's as that is that something that people should be aware of and plan for or is that's. Yeah, maybe not as much as it was once. Well, so with like with any type of lending, right? We there's a time frame to get anything done. Um, SBA is a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. It's still a lot of papers. We got to collect papers. We got to review papers. We have to have proper paperwork. Our bank is a preferred lender. It's a little bit easier than a lender that is not because the lenders that are not preferred lenders, that time frame is extended because SBA has to review it and put a stamp on that file and saying it's approved. Mm -hmm. Our bank is a preferred lender. So for SBA loans, we do everything in-house, okay? We work with the customer face-to-face -to, -face to collect that paperwork, help them fill out the necessary documents, collect financials, all these business plans, whatever corresponds to that particular business or that loan. We underwrite it in-house and we collect the due diligence for closing and we close it in-house. 
I always kind of say, yes, there's a time frame from the bank, but it's also how much does our borrower wants it, right? Mm. How responsive they are to the questions that we have, because we know so much. And then we kind of look at the financials and that we discover more and we underwrite it and we look at the closing due diligence and we review that. And then how responsive is our customer? You know, you could close a loan within four to six weeks, but you can close a loan from four to 10 weeks or 12 weeks because it might be of that time frame. Mm. If there's real estate involved, those loans usually take a little bit longer because there's additional due, due diligence that we as bankers have to do, you know, and due diligence that would be helpful to the borrower, right? Mm -hmm. We got to order appraisals. We got to make sure that we have their environmental study done for them to make sure that the property that they're buying is not contaminated. Mm -hmm. So these are get a little bit extended. But on these smaller deals that are just, you know, easy, maybe working capital, maybe I'm buying a piece of equipment, those shouldn't take more than four to six weeks to get it done. But it's it works on both ends. Mm -hmm. It comes from the bank and it comes from, from our clients, from our borrowers. Is Because if we are asking you for something and you're not providing it, that will always cause that additional delay, right? So we want to be involved and that's why we're always there and we give you a team of people to work, work with to kind of say, okay, here you're going to work with Lori and Beata, but there's also another individual at the back that will be helping you close the deal. So if we're not around, you know, because maybe we're on the call or whatever's happening, there's somebody else behind it. So it, it kind of goes both ways. I think that because we're the preferred lender, the time gets a little bit less, mm -hmm. but there's still paperwork that we all have to comply and check the box mm -hmm. and make sure it's compliant and make sure everything is in order. But it kind of it's it's working together. Mm -hmm. that, that's what's very important and yeah. communicating. There you go. I think the biggest thing um, for time frame is you can be um, handing stuff in and then all of a sudden you're missing major pieces. So just because you started to maybe turn in half of the paperwork and then a month later you get everything else in, you're like, well, you've had it for four weeks. And I think the biggest thing is having a completed package. So understanding that we need everything and then once we have everything if we don't have the projections and it took two months to get them the time starts from there because you need the projections in order to underwrite and then at that point you're going to be doing all the due diligence so i think that the biggest issue with time frame is just making sure that that time starts from a completed package and i think i see a lot of times where it takes a month before you're getting a completed package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can promise you what we're asking for we need. Sure. Yeah, we, we don't want to just bog you down with information we don't need. So if, if we ask you for these 10 items, it's imperative. Mm -hmm. and, and as much as you can be as complete and thorough with those 10 items, the quicker that process is going to move. Um, and don't be afraid to ask questions. If you have something that we've asked for and you're not really sure, you know, ask, you know, am I doing this right? Because the more thorough of a package and the more responsive you can be, the better. Mm -hmm. uh, and that kind of goes a little bit to the intangibles and they both touched on it as well as communication. Um, it's imperative to communicate, even if you don't have what we're looking for, or even if we've asked a question and you just haven't gotten to it or whatever the case might be, or we followed up with you. Um, and, and the worst thing you can do is not respond. Mm -hmm. 
because we're going to undoubtedly think the worst. Sure. You're not interested. You don't like what we said. You, there's other things, you know, and we're going to move on to that next business. Mm-hmm. It's just natural. Again, we're compensated to close deals. We are going to respond to the people who are the most responsive sure. and the most thorough. It's just the way that it works. Uh, so even if you don't have the information, just you know, it's so easy nowadays. The text. Hey, I'm, I'm working on it. Sorry, I got your call. I haven't got uh, Monday, whatever it might be. That's so much better than silence. On the same token as a business owner, hold your lender accountable. Right? If mm-hmm. you provide the information and, well, when will I hear back from you? It's a, it's, there's no, nothing wrong with that question. Mm-hmm. You know, I should be able to get back to you by Monday. Okay, great. If Monday comes and goes, call that banker. I thought we were going to talk yesterday. You hold them accountable, just like they're holding you accountable. It kind of works both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think I can speak candidly for Lori and Beata that if your bank can't provide you with somewhat of a guided timeline, then you're not talking to the right bank. If they, if you turn over the information to them on a Thursday and you can ask the question, you know, when should we talk next or when, if they can't give you that answer, then you should probably speak with somebody else. Sure. So I'm just trying to also, as part of this is kind of help the business owners on how they can manage the process as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be one way or the other. Sure. Well, I think that's, you know, that's why this in, this discussion is important. And again, kind of trying to dispel as many of those myths as possible. Um, we only know what we know, right? And a lot of times it's the it's the unknown factors. It's like, oh, well, maybe I didn't know that I can go and talk to my, you know, to my banker or push them on this or do this and again. Um, and not every banker is created equally. Right. So uh, I know that not every economic development professional is created equally. So, yeah, we'll, we work through that a lot of times. Too, yeah, so. And that's relationships. Because exactly. right? the key part of this also is the relationship. You want to work with somebody that you get along with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, and sometimes the person you initially may talk to or somebody you got moved to, maybe the relationship's just not there. And mm-hmm. that's okay because there's options that are out there. Uh, so find where you're comfortable as a business owner so you feel like you have that relationship with them. And because that's, that's a huge part of it is, you know, to, to have that feeling like you're in this together and that you're working in the same goal and the same pattern. Okay, so we know from Beata in terms of timing. How about for the other products? Tom, why don't you kick us off there? Yeah, for, so for the other products, for what I do, a lot of times I want to tell people, give us 30 days. You know, it, um, it's going to get done a lot sooner than that, but I don't want you to plan for something shorter, mm-hmm. and then we miss it. Uh, and a lot of times it's just logistics and scheduling that create uh, the, the time being stretched perhaps, you know, longer than a week or so, uh, we can do it in a couple of weeks, but we want to plan for 30. And a lot of that's just, you know, going through the process, you're compiling the information, we're reviewing it, we get it approved, we send you documents, your attorney looks at it. And, and these are all great things. Um, and, and that's why I always tell people, give us 30 days, but it'll be probably a lot quicker on our end. Under promise over deliver, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Lori, how about you? And then um, we do have easy access products. So under 50,000, it's pretty much just an application and it 
two weeks time frame. Um, typically, it could be less. And then for products that are over 50000 for the easy access, it's still limited information. But um, worst case, 30 days. But a lot of times, those are delivered in two weeks. Um, it all depends on if there's extra due diligence that needs to be done, um, things that may come up, and just making sure um, that we have everything that we need. So there's a little bit more. Um, that goes into that because we are taking some sort of collateral um, over the fifty thousand. Um, so, got it. And of course, I'm sure with any cases and any th uh, any of these products, the complete application is key, right? So, and having Correct. all of your documentation put together ahead of time. So, this may be entirely off topic just a little bit, but it kind of goes in theme with respects to when we're looking at opportunities, we might have a lot of questions mm -hmm. uh, and there's reason behind those questions. And we, as a business owner, when you get to that point where you're signing the documents, make sure you take the time to read what you're signing to understand what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. We encourage questions. If you just grab the documents and sign them and send them back, we're going to be like, wait, what's going on here? Uh, you know, because we, we want those questions because we want you to understand you know, because there's ins and outs and there's some nuances that maybe we didn't spend a lot of time talking about that we want you to understand as you get a part of it. Um, if you're going to have counsel review it, that's entirely fine. Make sure that the counsel that is reviewing it is familiar with that type of financing. So your divorce lawyer is not a good one to look at your financing documents because they just don't understand it. They all have their discipline, which is fine. But make sure whoever your counsel is looking at it, that they're familiar with SBA or with factoring or receivable financing or lines of credit or mortgages or whatever it might be, just make sure they're understand because that's going to help them understand the documents. Because sometimes if you're looking at something you're not familiar with, it can look a little bit onerous. And you know, so that's helpful as well. So just something else for business owners to keep in mind. Great. Well, thank you, everybody. We had a great discussion today. I want to thank each and every one of you for participating in our first ever Dig Deep podcast. Uh, so again, thank you again for that. Thanks, um, Brian. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Brian. Yeah, thank you. And then uh, going forward, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please feel free to reach out to the DGEDC if you have any follow-up questions or if you would like to know how to get in touch with Tom, Lori, and Beata. Uh, we look forward to our next Dig Deep where we will discuss various topics around workforce development. And we hope that you'll uh, tune in and join us. You can find the Dig Deep podcast on the DGEDC website at dgedc.com. And you can also listen and subscribe to Dig Deep on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you.